When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, we are out this week and we didn't want to leave you empty-handed, so please enjoy our bonus episode that we had on our Patreon for Love is Blind Season 4 Part 1. Hope you enjoy our recap and you can check out our other bonus episodes on our Patreon. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call on Patreon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our much anticipated, on my end at least, um, episode of Love is Blind Season 4. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. Are you as excited as I am? I probably am because I really like uh, the show. Yeah. I mean, I hate when people use this term, but Someone, I saw it on Twitter where someone said, it's like this crack in Love is Blind. Like they figured out the code, whatever it is, it has us in a chokehold. Because you, we're watching like arguably one of the worst people. And I was going to ask you this. I've heard a lot of people, even today, a coworker in the elevator was telling me like, this is the worst cast we've ever had. Do you agree or do you disagree? No, 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 no. Okay. See, so far... We have not finished a season, so that's important. I believe season two was the worst cast we've ever had, and season three is a contender for the title. Okay. Maybe by the end, I'll believe that about this season, but at this time, I would rank them after season one in terms of, like, enjoyment. I don't need to see anything else more. I agree with you. Nothing can top season two for me for now. Season two had the worst. I'm like, do I have to remind you about Shake, about Kyle, <laughs> about Dipti, about... No, no. They were just not even fun to watch. Like, this is just... These people are badly behaved, but I still get some kind of value. I'm not, like, more annoyed than entertained. I'm still entertained and annoyed, but my entertainment factor is more than it is. So we're on the same page as that. The other take that I saw, uh, heard was that, you know, it's not like season one and season one, the people were really there for love and they were not problematic. And I was like, I'm sorry, may I remind you about Jessica? May I remind (laughs) you about Mark? May I remind you about old boy who lied about his sexuality and threw a ring at a woman? Like Barnett and the other late. No, we had some characters also on there. I think Lauren and Cameron makes people forget that we 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 had problematic people on season one. 
I, do, I understand why people love season one because it's not that the people are that different. It's that they are different. It's like you walked in and you watched these people and they were just like, you didn't know what was going to happen. The people didn't know what was going to happen, which I think really affected their behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a different experience watching season one. Plus we're in the pandemic. We were bored. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. You cannot recreate the magic of season one of a show. Whether it's Love is Blind or whether it's not. And I think we're all different people. Because I don't know if you know. I'm sure you know because you're usually on Reddit. But there's a whole spoiler for this season. Like in-depth and stuff. I'm having to avoid it like a minefield. I saw one line about a couple and I had to run so hard. I'm begging people on my timeline that are my friends. I'm like, please, please don't accidentally spill this. I'm begging you. So, But with season one, I don't think we were that rabid. And I don't think TikTok was at the height that it is now where everyone was going around looking for spoilers. They hadn't filmed it. We didn't know about the show. But now these were filmed like a year ago. So there's spoilers everywhere and there's, you know, knowledge per se. So it's not going to be the same feeling as season one. The funny thing is, I remember when I was watching season one, I guess I did get on Reddit because that's where I found like people had found Lauren and Cameron's social media. And they had figured out when they were on vacations together with their single shots. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you spoiled it for yourself. But I just couldn't wait till the end to find out if they stayed together. This one, I have not been on the Love is Blind Reddit, so I haven't seen a thing. I don't know what the spoiler is, and I'm really glad. (laughs) Oh, man. It's, like, detailed. It's, like, detailed into some of the fights, some of the things. And I'm just like, guys, just enjoy it. And then we can find all that afterwards. But the only thing I ask of this season is let's not have a repeat of season three where we're doing after the altar before the reunion. Please, let's not. That was, yes, let's not. I I, I want an accurate representation when we get to the reunion of where people are. Okay. Um. So we can go directly into the season I don't think there was anything, did anything particularly stand out for you in terms of, like I remember last season was when we had, is it Alexa? I forget her name, with Brennan. Mm-hmm. Alexa? Yeah, and you know, we were talking about what it's like having a plus size um, person on the show and our thoughts on that. Was there anything like in that realm or just in general about the show that you noticed this season or was it just pretty par for course? I thought it was interesting that they made a swerve this season to where there are not, I didn't recall any plus size people. Did I forget them? Um, not really. I don't think. I, or maybe they didn't focus on them. I do think though that I, I remember thinking Seattle was such an interesting choice. I just, it's season four. We're not at the point, like let's say maths where we're in 16, we're going down the list of cities. Like, I just feel like they skipped a number of, you know, expected cities and going to Seattle was a choice. And from what I heard, they didn't have enough people. So I, I'm, I'm curious. Is that to why, why they, they ventured to Portland? Yeah. 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 That's what, that, that's what someone said. Cause I was just like, why are we, the whole purpose of having people in the same city. So they don't have to worry about that factor of someone else lives in a different state and we have to worry about that. So why did that happen? And someone was like, they didn't have enough people, so they had to open it up. So I'm like, why go to Seattle? So. I don't get that. Um, I think some cities have a vibe, right? Mm-hmm. So Seattle's vibe, at least from the outside, is like Amazon, Tech Microsoft. Hub, yeah. Microsoft, 
I, it's not like a play. Like part of these reality TV shows is you need like the demographic of people who kind of want to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> and I just Seattle is like not really the place. It's full of like high earners who live in shoeboxes. Sorry, that's how I think of it. Please don't come for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't. I don't mind them picking Seattle because, you know, Kinetic has not really embraced the West Coast. So it's good to go to someplace new where you haven't cast your whole supply on other dating shows. But I don't know. It's, it's interesting they couldn't find enough people and they had to go all the way to Portland, which I'm like, okay, there's not that many people in Portland either. What What is this? <laughs> Maybe it's not a city problem. There's just way too many reality shows. They're running out of people to cast. Because <laughs> yes. I'm now seeing different faces and different things, but we'll get to that. Um, I found it interesting that someone, you know, when they're doing the whole montage of people who apply for the show and someone said, you know, I'm a traditional person. And so I'm looking at like, call me old fashioned, but the whole swiping doesn't work for me. And then you come on a TV show where you have to marry someone on camera, make it make sense. What do you mean? Well, I don't understand what not wanting to swipe on dating apps has to do with getting married on camera. He said he's a traditional person. He likes the traditional meet someone, <laughs> okay, the word traditional. someone <laughs> and you decide, I, I don't know what is the most non-traditional thing than dating on a pod and marry, being engaged to someone you've never met. That's not traditional. I noticed that a lot of the people said the thing about not swiping. And I think the idea that they're going for when they say things like traditional and hating swiping is they don't enjoy the modern dating, which involves swiping. But I don't know. I think when they want to meet people in traditional ways, it's like, oh, I want to go to the bar. I just want to talk to people. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but I mean, it's all the way left when you get engaged, when you don't see the person. That's completely non-traditional. There's no box where it fits traditional or trying to talk to someone. Like, you're taking a huge gamble. Very true. So... Um, we start meeting some of the characters and very quickly, I'm just going to get it out the way. I told you guys in the regular episodes, there's someone I really, really, really dislike from the way bottom of my heart. And that person is Kwame, as he chooses to call himself. It's Kwame. (laughs) I know it is, but he calls himself Kwame. So, you know, I just, when you say things like, I think I'm a good person, but I couldn't pick up my girlfriend because I was black. Can you examine and unpack what you're trying to say? First of all, you're telling us, yes, we know now that your girlfriend is white. And it's like, is that a problem? Because you're choosing exclusively not to date um, non-white people. Like, if you know it's a problem and you can't pick someone, why would you date someone whose family is not okay with you picking up? Like, what does that say about yourself that you're willing to go through that? I I will give him a pass in that he specifically referenced being in high school. And I don't think you know everything you're supposed to know in high school. So I'm not, that particular experience, I'm not mad at him for. Oh, that's nice. Because teenagers are teenagers. I worry about things like, so you didn't tell your parents about this because if it was my child, we're going to have a problem. Um... (laughs) Can I just add that I am not giving him a pass because from what we see, nothing has changed. If things had changed, maybe. If you're still making the choice and you're wanting to share that on national television, it 
says something about you. Oh, yes, yes. From then on out, he says plenty that will indict him. The funny thing about Kwame is I didn't start to dislike him as early as you did. I was fine with Kwame up until a midway point, if you will. Let me give y'all context. Um, We just got off the whole SK thing. SK, <laughs> in his case, is Nigerian. I'm just like, what are these West African men doing to us? So this year, you know, we see Kwame. And... Every time he opens his mouth, from the moment he opens his mouth, there's a stereotype. There is a thing. I was telling this to my friend um, who's white, and she was just like, oh, my God, this is a thing. And I'm like, it's always so hard to explain this to people. There's a subsect of, like, African men who... I, I don't know Kwame's background because, I mean, he's trying to disassociate, so I don't know anything. It's funny because we complained about SK doing too much, but I'll take that now. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Like, I'll take that over someone who doesn't even want to be associated. This man opened his mouth and consciously said, you know, I really wasn't even going to use my name. I was going to use Alex. That's a whole thing. That's like shake. That's a whole thing to unpack. And, and you know what? That's a good example. Sheikh and Kwame are in the same neighborhood, in the same zip code of wanting to not be associated with their culture or whatever, because I was sorry, I got, I, I, I digressed. There's a whole segment of like, there's some African men who, when they come into the country, I'm not saying Kwame may have been born and raised here or whatever. And when they come here, they feel that it's like a thing of glory if they date white women. Again, not to go too deep, there's another thing that we call, like in, in the Nigerian culture, it's called colonial mentality. As some of you may know, we were colonized by the British people. And some of these things never quite left. So even some places, when you go back to the country, they will treat the white people better than they treat their own citizens who are Nigerians. And in, in some cases, if you've heard, you know, light skin is the right skin, it is applied. There's this whole thing about, and I think Aid had explained this some episodes ago about, you know, the colorism that we face as African-Americans, but even as Africans in Africa, it's like a whole thing where they do see like light skin being better. And in some point at all, they do see there's more deference giving to white people. And that's just what it is. It's not the greatest thing, but it is a thing. So you see people that we know, maybe like a Nigerian guy whose name is Sheung, he's going to say his name is Sean. And that's what they're going to tell you. And it's just a disassociation. Oh, sorry. I, I, I want to make real clear, there's a difference between disassociation from your culture and deciding how much time you want to spend saying your name. Yes. And it's interesting because you can make the same choice, but you know inside yourself why you made that choice. Yes. And and honestly, I'm not going to... Listen, I came later. I wasn't born and raised here. And there is something I'm giving grace or giving room for assimilation. It's hard. I had a very hard time. I got teased. I got made fun of because I'm from Africa, the way I sound and all that. And you can understand people just trying to assimilate and trying to blend in. But at some point, and at, at whatever age Kwame is, I don't remember... By now, he should have made peace with that, done that, because there's a lot of people like my age or growing up where we all have war stories from, you know, growing up here, high school, and you did things to assimilate. But then now I think we should all be at a point where we're proud of where we came from and then you make peace with that and then you're okay with it. Kwame does not seem like he's okay. He still seems like he's looking for approval 
from white people. I'm just going to say it. And not just he just looking for approval, but his line about I I wouldn't want to be associated. I I I don't I want to paraphrase him correctly, but he basically said I, that puts me in a certain kind of box if I use my name Kwame. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you mean people might know you're black yeah, <laughs> and like, or African? So, yeah. and that would be a problem for you. Instead of, and you've now made it your problem instead of making it their problem. Yeah. It's just nothing about him just sounded proud. We don't know anything about him. He barely even mentioned like his last name. I think we only knew because Chelsea said it. And I'm just like, that just gave me my automatic dislike with him. Like, even with the way, nothing about Kwame sounds authentic. Even with the way that he talks, he sounds like he practiced and practiced and practiced so hard. Like, I want to get to a point where if you hear me on the phone sight unseen, you're going you're gonna to think that I don't want you to know that I'm black. And I think that is my problem with him. Listen, I don't know him. I can accept that. I don't know his story. But that is my perception of him. And that is where my dislike of him comes from like trying to giving off the vibe that you're not proud of who you are is just like a it's just an ick for me so it's an ick and it's also from like i'm watching him on a reality tv show and maybe that's why i didn't dislike him until a few episodes in because people who are not at peace with themselves i pity them like (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't really bring myself up even to be annoyed with them because I'm just like, oh, poor you. You really hate yourself. That's very sad. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, unlike Shake or maybe Dipti, I think they always, like, admit, like, hey, I've just never dated anyone in my culture or whatever. But you never hear someone like SK or Kwame even admit that. They're, they're never going to come right out and say it. But for some of us who have experienced it or kind of know those kind of people, you can you can hear it loud and clear from their pores <laughs> without them even talking. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. I just really do not like Kwame. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was that with him. I mean, we meet other characters. Um, okay. So we meet other characters and we meet Paul and Paul seems to be, that's another one that's not, there's not a lot of likable ones, but that's another one who's saying the same thing to everyone and just saying, oh, we're going to do this at our wedding, at our wedding. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. And Italy, Italy and weddings. Those were Paul's <laughs> things that I noticed that he talked about with multiple people. Um, We meet Amber and I don't know why I was surprised, but Amber has been married twice. Because you don't look a day over 30. How did you have time to be married twice? Well, when I sat with it, that wasn't even what it was. Because, you know, some people, when I meet meet people who are young and have been divorced like twice, my first thought is like, maybe they were, they had like a military husband. Usually they marry like 18 for the benefits and then it happens again. It was more like, if you are going to get married a third time, you really want to take this risk with this (laughs) show that doesn't really have a good success rate. And then add a three to it. Like, <laughs> would you want to make third times the charm? So that's really where I was like, you're you're brave. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught, but there was someone, you know, they were just showing all the girls in the house. And there was someone named Molly. And her job was she's a marriage and family therapist. I missed Molly. Oh, my God. I'm like a marriage and family therapist who decided to do this show. Would not put that together. <laughs> 
They should not have ever had a marriage and family therapist on here. Uh, I don't know. What is your story that brings you here? Um, what else is that? Um, I guess I was just really surprised. I had already disliked Kwame so much, and I was just so surprised that there were two women who <laughs> seemed to like him at the point. Like Chelsea saying that Kwame talks to my head, heart, and vagina. I said, Kwame? My God, there's someone for everyone. <laughs> um, I don't know. The whole thing. Do you have any thoughts on the whole thing with Kwame and Micah? I thought, it, first off, not that we should be surprised, but we have to remember that while we can see these people, they cannot see each other. And mm-hmm. I was amazed that Kwame's um, beater was able to pick two people who look shockingly alike. <laughs> Oh, you think they look alike? I was going to say they have similar features. They don't look alike, but it's like long blonde hair, pale as can be. Like, their features are very similar. Not even a blonde and brunette did Kwame pick. Just blondes. Yeah, but Chelsea's not really, like, blonde blonde, per se. I mean, I guess, I mean, I I hear you. I I just don't see it. I think that I was actually going to say, like, the, the only thing they have in common is that they're white girls. I don't think Kwame cares as long as it's a white girl, but I think they're very different in all the ways. In personality, yes. In and, in in maturity level, I think very much so. Um, <laughs> but yeah. in terms of like a type, he picked the same type without he didn't even seeing have the them. same body type. Like Chelsea what? is more like. She's skinnier and she has more of a boyish figure. Her face is narrower. Micah has like fuller like cheeks and is more like in the athletic. And then I don't see them at all as similar. Okay. At all. Yeah. I do. Oh. We meet Brett and Tiffany. And Brett doesn't seem like he's real. Um, they're both in their 30s. And and that's in a good way. Like Brett just seems like he's perfect. And Tiffany also seems like she's perfect. And they are the selling point of why I think they should make this 30 and up. Because as we mentioned, sorry, we didn't mention, but a lot of them are in their 20s. Like uh, Paul is like, no, is it Paul? Is like in his, he's 25. Yeah. You know, I forgot to mention Paul. Yes, Paul is 25. I wasn't really keeping track of people's ages except for one person. Um <laughs> But I was going to mention that Paul is Mitch. Mitch, 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 Mitch. Mitch from last night? From Married at First Sight. Oh. Oh. Really? The environmentalism. Their Um, whole vibe. Very similar. But that's neither here nor there. I didn't notice the ages, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. Oh, okay. I just add, I think Paul is way cooler than Mitch. Mitch is obnoxious with this thing. Um, yeah, so I think this is what happens when you kind of have a sense of self, when you know who you are and you just know what you want. And Tiffany and Brett so far are the golden couple of the season and hoping to save the season, but we know Kinetic, we've had history with them. I'm so scared. I don't want to like them. I don't want to fall in love with them, but someone told me just fall in love with them and whatever happens, happens, you'll heal. So I'm choosing to do that. And I love him. At first, like, I thought Brett and Tiffany were good. 
And upon reflection, I'm like, wait, they're the only people who we didn't have to mess around with. Like, who are they going to pick? They're dating two people. It was always just the two of them. Mm -hmm. But when they got engaged first, I was like, huh, this is the golden couple. Everybody knows on Love is Blind, the first couple that they show getting engaged is the golden couple. They will say yes at the altar. They, we will never see them have a major fight about anything. And so far, that seems to be the case. Who got engaged first last season? Alexa and Brennan. Ah, interesting. I was okay. like, maybe they're trying to fake me out and everybody else because we're now four seasons in, but I don't think so. Ah, I have hope. Cool. Yeah, when she fell asleep, I was terrified. I don't know how he interpreted it. I thought, did he think that she walked away from him as he was pouring out his feelings? But he was very pissed. And I just didn't think they were going to come back from it. But she was asleep, like, for real, for real. And the girls had to wake her up. But I'm glad they got over it. I'm glad it wasn't, like, a thing. And he forgave her. And they're together. And yay. That whole falling asleep segment was very strange. Because I would think that the different people don't go into each other's rooms while they're talking to people on dates. So someone must have told those girls to go in and be like, oh, your date is over. You're asleep. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Because they just didn't want to go in and wake her up. They weren't going to be on camera. So <laughs> plus it's, I, it's good TV. I thought Brett's reaction was very strange. <laughs> really? I, I was like, does he really think that she just left? There just was no like, oh, I don't, the problem, other problem is like, I don't know when they're next going to have an opportunity to talk. So he could just be like, I guess I'll have to ask her what happened. But instead we just see him being like, I can't believe this happened. And I was like, really? Yeah, I guess it's a strange thing. Like even in real life where you're with someone, if you don't know something, your brain is just going to create something. And they're in like a weird, odd situation. So who knows what his brain took him to as irrational as it may be. <laughs> so, um, the whole Kwame and Micah breakup. <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand the whole Micah and Paul thing. Do you think it was more of a thing to win? Because as in Kwame Amba, wanted to win? No. Um, Micah wanted to win with Paul because Amber was the second because it was so random they kept talking about their connections and we have this and even at some point i think kwame was telling micah that she needs to show him and that he really likes chelsea and then from nowhere micah just tells paul like well prove it prove that i'm the one and then just you know choose amba and i'm like where did that come from i thought she was all in on kwame to be honest with you i thought so too um i think kwame definitely thought so <laughs> um, I, I I just I was very confused I was very confused as to I couldn't see clearly why um, Micah chose Paul mm -hmm. but I also if she had picked Kwame I wouldn't really have understood that either yeah so that's why my, my little inkling I'm with you was just maybe it was like a competition and she wanted to be Amber and that was her motivation um, or maybe she that. felt like she was losing to Chelsea and she wanted to get out before she lost. Hmm. Yeah, there's that too. Um, so speaking of that breakup, like just Paul breaking up with Amber, he seemed like he was coerced <laughs> into it. And I don't understand these big emotions that vary minute to minute because one minute he was telling 
um, Amber, that you are the one, you're the connection, you're the this. And then next minute, it's like, nope, Micah is the person. And we saw that with Zach and Irina and Bliss. We didn't even talk about Irina and Bliss. Should we talk about them? <laughs> we should. Irina is a very mean person. She's someone who I think is still plagued with. So she tells us that when she was in high school, she suffered from really, really bad acne. And I guess the, she never got the attention from the boys. And then now she doesn't have the acne anymore, but she still has some like acne scars. But I think the trauma of whatever she went through in high school has not left her and hurt people, hurt people. And she's just really mean. She literally laughs at people who are in pain when they're <laughs> sad about their dates She's laughing and she has a partner with Micah. I mean, I knew she and Micah were close, but it wasn't until much later that I realized, like, people really didn't fuck with her. Like, Micah was her only friend. Like, that's how bad that it was. And I think it was just really major when it was um, Zach's birthday. And quite frankly, she forgot <laughs> his birthday. So Bliss is the other person. Like Aid mentioned, there's a whole bunch of triangles. So it's Zach, Irina, and Bliss. And Bliss is, she's biracial, right? I couldn't tell. I think I asked. I've been looking at pictures when they show her parents who we're going to meet pretty soon. And I don't know if she's biracial or if she has two very light-skinned black parents. Her mom is black. Her dad okay. looked let to me but i guess possibly meet the parents then we'll find out i just assume she was half black half white but when they show the parents i'm like oh looks like she might be half latino half black and her yes. mom might be latino too but afro latino you get my drift guys but yeah um so bliss actually is making cupcakes because baking is her jam i'm sure that endeared her to you aid <laughs> it did I, I was a bliss fan <laughs> and Irina goes up to Bliss and says, I know this is weird, but can I have a candle? <laughs> can I have a candle? But I had so many questions. What do you do with a candle? Um, Can they pass the candle to the other side, like through a producer or something? Yes, but what is she going to say? Like, here's a candle, but no cake? Like, just here's a candle? I'd rather not give you anything. <laughs> so I mean all the other girls are like she just did that to rattle you and Bliss is visibly upset I think she's been doing other things to poke her not just this and maybe it was just edited out but there's this whole thing and then you know she promises not to mention that Bliss is making a cake she's the one who gets to talk to Zach first and she tells him quite frankly I forgot your birthday like you know I'm sorry and this is this and this is that and then Bliss comes over gives him cupcakes gives him everything I say all this to say that when Bliss tells Zach that if you pick Irina, it says something about your judgment, she was 100% correct. She was, but even at this time, and maybe it's because I'm ignorant, I could not tell. I mean, yes, Irina looked crappy in some ways. I was not 100% on board with the idea that Irina was a shit person. Oh. And if I was Zach, I would be extra confused. Clearly, oh. the two of you are, like, after the same person. You, I would not trust 100% what Bliss says about Irina. I wouldn't. Completely get that. Because she was just like, we're two different people. How can you like the people? But for me, Zach knew the red flags, but kept saying, you're misunderstood. And then he kept saying, 
Like you have all these things. He can't he even actually flat out said like, she's kind of mean, but I don't think she realizes it. And then he was just like, for someone to tell you, oh, I forgot your birthday. Oh, I this. And you have someone. It gives you insight into someone. Like when people show you who they are, don't make excuses. Like take note of what it is. Cause she, at one point he said something like you're evil or something like that, but I like that about you. <laughs> so I think all the signs were there, but I don't know what drew him into that. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Alta Call on the podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Alta Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's go back on Zach. Okay. Zach, in the beginning, his opening line with everybody is when they asked him what he did for work, he said he was a stripper. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like a really interesting, bad joke. Then I was like, this is a little discriminatory towards strippers. And then with Bliss, I think, was the first person... No, it was Irina, was the first person we saw him tell that he's actually a lawyer, but his mom was a stripper... And that thing he did yesterday, which I think he did to every woman, was like, was it a test? Yeah. I didn't really understand his thinking. 
I, it didn't endear me to him at all. <laughs> it didn't. And my first take was that the women, you know, when they did that montage of men who they were like, okay, this person is not, I thought Paul was in that category. So I didn't think, I didn't see the people that were going to get picked, um, the complete list. So I didn't think he was going to make it <laughs> to the end because I think people were turned off by the way that he answered questions. But I do think it's a test. I think Loki, maybe it's something he shouldn't be embarrassed about it, but I think maybe it's something he has an insecurity or he just doesn't want people, he doesn't want anyone in his life that's going to judge his mom for what she did. Mm -hmm. So he's just dipping his toe, trying to see how they react to that. And I felt kind of disappointed when Irina was the one he shared it with. I was like, no, <laughs> wrong person. So. And it's also like, Zach, let's be real here. The implications for being a male stripper and being a female stripper in the current world we live in are not the same. Yeah. But I think uh, if it's a judgment, it's just a very, it was a dumb way to test people. You can find out how people really feel without a stupid test. But Zach is one of those guys who fancies himself funny when you're really not. So <laughs> that's his MO. Okay, I think that's about all the highlight. I mean, do we need to talk about... Oh, we need to talk about Marshall and Jacqueline. Because there's not much to say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much, but I think what I wanted to add was like when Marshall got mad, I had to rewind because I was so confused. Jacqueline is torn between Marshall and Josh. Marshall is like a cross between... Um, not a cross, but he looks like Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy. And Josh is just like a Bartise, right down to the dangling earring, just shorter. But um, you know what? I, I'll give Jacqueline the same thing I gave Kwame. How can you throw a wall? Once again, I'm not saying they look alike, but they have similar, basically they're the same skin tone, same, a little bit of the same build. <laughs> How do you pick two people? We have to look at the vast array of people available to you. <laughs> and then you pick the two people who are kind of like similar. I see what you're saying. In features? <laughs> well, maybe that is the answer to Nick Lachey's question. Is love blind? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is very interesting. I see what you're saying. If Bliss um, wasn't like a little biracial, she and Irina are also pretty similar. Ah. Interesting. <laughs> well, Kwame and Paul were not, so. <laughs> That's true. I'll get Micah that. <laughs> Even though from what the social media are saying, Kwame is more Micah's type, apparently. Oh. I don't know what's true or not. Really trying to... If you go searching for anything, you run the risk of spoilers. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to know until the end. But from what I gather, Kwame is her type. Which I think her friends maybe... We'll see. We'll see. We'll get into that <laughs> because I had thoughts. But... um. Yeah, so um, I think the big thing for that was like when Marshall got mad, I really still today don't know what Jacqueline said that got Marshall so upset. And then he went back that he's been crying to these guys and one of them went and is, you know, threatening her. And I'm like, that's a little entitled, but how are you going to figure out who it is if you're crying to everyone <laughs> about it? But I think that was a big reaction. And my husband was watching that episode with me and he got a bad feeling about Marshall. He just felt like Marshall was controlling. He was like, I don't think this guy thinks he's a good guy, but I think he might be controlling. And I'm like, no, he looks sweet. So I, I, I was it, after that whole incident, I was not really a Marshall fan. <laughs> Mainly because we're seeing, like, a whole group of people go through the same experience. You're all dating the same people. Yeah. 
no one else is running around talking about, I'll pack somebody's bags. I'll carry their bags downstairs. Like, I'm going to escort them out of here because we're like the same person. I'm like, you sound crazy. You sound crazy. That, yeah, that was a big reaction. So then um, the couples match up and they propose to each other. We start, uh, the couples are Brett and Tiffany, Irina and Zach, Micah and Paul, Kwame and Chelsea, and Marshall and Jacqueline. So we'll go through each of them and their journey. For those of you who've been watching or for those who don't know, they get they get engaged and then they go to Mexico for a honeymoon and then they move in together. And then the next batch of episodes will be the weddings, which we're going to cover later. So we start with Brett and Tiffany and their meeting. What were your thoughts? I'm always nervous when they start. <laughs> and I'm always like, please, God, please just like what you see. Please like what you see. So. It's very funny because I get really nervous about the meeting. And then as long as they are happy and I see no visible awkwardness or weird, as long as they're excited, yeah. I'm like, okay. So like four out of the five couples, I couldn't tell you anything about their meeting because I know it went well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this about Brett and Tiffany. I'm always like a little nervous, but for Brett and Tiffany, I will say was less than a little nervous because they're both attractive people. Mm-hmm. And they both seem to have a genuine connection. And I think it's a case of when they say they didn't they didn't care what the other person looked like, I'm apt to believe that versus say like when Shake says, I don't care what they look like, that's a lie. So <laughs> these seem like mature people. Like I like who you are and all that kind of stuff. So it was very nice and it was just a nice meeting and it was cute and they seemed attracted to each other. So it was great. They're my, I mean, I, they were predisposed to be my number one couple because the show wants me <laughs> to want them as my number one couple. So I'm good with them being my number one couple. Honestly, I think they're everyone's number one couple. We don't have much to choose from. <laughs> so they're um, Mexico getaway. Everything's going well. Mexico is usually when it blows up. And I'm still holding my breath at this time. And still nothing's happened they get along very well. They have good chemistry. We see them making out. I was hot and bothered watching them. I'm like, this is fantastic. I think at some point, Brett told her, get on top of me. I'm like, yes. So, <laughs> you know, they eventually, I think not the first night, but they eventually consummated their marriage. And Tiffany is having sex flashbacks. And that is what everybody should strive for. Sex flashbacks are the best. So I'm just ecstatic for my girl. I am too. I'm for um, my guy too. For my guy too. Yes. And, and for him too, but for her. <laughs> so um, they get back into the city. They said they're living in shared apartments and I couldn't tell. Are two couples sharing a townhome or are they sharing a townhome? What, what do you, are the expert in housing. What is this situation going on? I did no research into their housing, but I suspect like from the architectural style, these are like, converted like maybe it was one big house that was converted into apartments but they're definitely in apartments in separate apartments it seems but the architectural style of those apartments is super interesting you know now that you mention it i'm thinking about when i lived in jersey i lived in they're called apartments but they seemed like it was each separate building but each building only had two apartments one on the bottom one at the top we didn't even have apartment numbers so every time i gave my address someone would be like uh, what's your apartment number? I'm like, I don't have any. 
So maybe it's in that style where from the outside, it looks like it's a house, mm-hmm. but it's just a little apartment, like you said. Okay. Um, even when they're moving together, they visit each other's apartments. And I'm just like, at this point, very, very suspicious because compared to most of the other guys, Brett even lives like an adult. And guys, I know <laughs> in your thirties, you should live in it. Like the, the bars on the floor. I shouldn't be surprised that someone is living like a normal person, but we've seen people's bathrooms last season where it wasn't even flushed. We saw some people with things all around their apartments this season that it was just a breath of fresh air. And I'm like, this is where we are now that I'm commending someone for living like an adult. <laughs> But the other thing is, like, it's not just living like an adult. You're on a TV show. Nothing is happening without your warning. They warned you they were coming. Some people hear a warning and make their house presentable for company. Other people wash a toilet. So, so, yes, the bar is on the floor, as Tane said. But (laughs) if, if other people can't do it and you do it, you should get some credit. Yep. As if things couldn't get any better... Tiffany's like, you know, I can see myself living here, but we just need some space or whatever without even skipping a beat. Brett is like, listen, if you like this building, we could just move to a two, three bedroom house. I'm like, come through, Brett. Logic, logic. No, we can't be living in this tiny ass apartment, the two of us. My goodness. Okay, so now let's get to... I couldn't wait to discuss this with you because there's been a lot of conversation about that conversation, that financial um, conversation where Tiffany is like, okay, when it comes to money, like I see your clothes. Like I see, like, it looks like it costs a lot. I know that you spend money on that. You know, you have all these gadgets, you know, all around the house. So what do you, I think what she, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but she asked like, what do you spend your money on? Is that, is that what she asked? Something like that. Yeah, something to that effect. And a lot of commentary has been around the fact that they don't like that Tiffany was pocket watching for him and that the way she was gasping, like, how do you spend $1,200 on luggage? Like, why would you do that? But on the flip side, she's like, I don't want anyone to watch my pocket, but she was doing the same thing to him. And I had a completely different view of that conversation. So I'm curious to see what your take was on that conversation. I was mildly annoyed with her for trying to come to conclusions about his financial situation based on expensive things that he has. Mm-hmm. So she was oh, giving the, you gill? She wasn't giving me gill, okay. but because of the rest of the conversation, I thought the rest of the conversation was really good. I was like, look at these two adults <laughs> having an adult conversation about finances like adults. Okay. And, I just thought her initial thing, I just was like, you really can't tell. (laughs) You can't tell how much money people have based on the stuff that they have. You have to ask them like, what is in retirement? What is in savings? I don't, she was making some strange assumptions. I'll I'll give the internet that, but I mean, she stopped there and then had an adult conversation. So I'm not mad at her. Okay. So my interpretation of the conversation was, I think people forget that they didn't get a chance to date. They're going through an accelerated program. She doesn't know anything about this man. She is still making assumptions that go based on the clothes that you wear. I see that you wear nice things, so you must spend a grip and these um, gadgets that I see all around. I mean, clearly, the man is a successful man. I don't know why I said clearly. Why is that clear? 
I mean, you talked about his job progression, and I was very, very impressed. Yes, it was very. Oh my God, Brit. Anyways, so um, I think she was just trying to find out, like, what are your spending habits? Like, listen, just because you have money doesn't mean like you know how to manage your money. Mm-hmm. And it's not also based on how much you make. You can make a lot of money, but if you throw it all away, and I think she probably just phrased it wrong. But what she was trying to figure out is like, what are the things you spend your money on? I don't care how much you make. We all have things that we spend money on. You can make a lot of money and someone tells you like, oh, you could buy this thousand dollar thing. And you're like, what? I would never. But if it's a thousand dollar thing and something that you're interested in, you're like, oh, please, that's nothing. So I think that's what she was trying to figure out. And it's like, do I have to get used to the fact that, oh, you spend a lot on clothing maybe or anything like where does your money go? And when she gasps at, oh, $1,200 luggage, I just took it like, why would you spend that much on luggage that gets thrown around and has a high chance of getting broken? Like, why would you spend that much money on that? That was my interpretation. And when she said, um, I wouldn't want anyone watching my pocket. Like, I don't like being pocket watch. I think it was her catching herself. Like, okay, I see what I'm doing to you or how it comes off. And I wouldn't want anyone to do that to me. So I'm just trying to have that conversation, but financial conversations need to be had and these people don't have that much time so i think that's just what it was and like you said they're adults and they just kind of came to a conclusion and i didn't think any way about it but people just were just like giving her the side eye like why are you pocket watching and in some cases it might be some insecurity blah 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 so yeah i I also got from that conversation that brett makes more money than her um (laughs) uh so they said it without saying it and I am like Tiffany. If someone told me that they are spending twelve hundred dollars on luggage, if I am in in of interest, if it's something I need to know, then I'm gonna ask. Like, how do you manage your money? What's in yeah. your savings? What how's retirement funding going? Because twelve hundred dollars on luggage is a lot of money, and you need to have other <laughs> stuff covered before you spend twelve hundred dollars on luggage. I mean, he said it's gonna last long, so I'm assuming that it's in a way luggage where you have like a <laughs> lifetime. Thing so maybe could be make sense so we'll see but yeah they handled it like a champion and become like this big thing this is why we shouldn't be together um the next thing notable thing was meeting her friends so they liked it was a good conversation it was a good conversation there were four of her friends on there even though they only focused on two it's neither here nor there but two of them were white and two of them were black but the black ones that. Were, were in the background and it was almost like they weren't there and her other friends were the ones who were doing all the talking they were in tears she's like a great person all they want to see is her with someone i did cringe a little when she called her her friend her soul sister I'm like sure okay <laughs> but <laughs> you and i would not do that but there are a lot of people who will do that Mm, i mean that's your friend hey it's just yeah but um they liked him they thought that she was happy i mean she's literally glowing and it was just very nice to see her around people who respect her unlike some people who have friends and with friends like that who needs enemies so that was really nice and i'm very interested i don't know why we never got to see brett's family of friends but i'm very interested to see them and see how that works and hopefully it is reciprocated and they like her too um other than that i don't think there's anything more i would say that i do like we'll talk more about that but i do like brett's friendship with marshall i i just wish he could rub off on him 
He's young. He's 26. <laughs> we need a no under 30 rule for <laughs> for this. But like I said, they were struggling to find people, so they were just taking whatever they could get. So. <laughs> All right. Anything else on Brett and Tiffany for you? No. They're boring, okay. and I love it. I mean, I hope it works out. I think they're so good that everyone is like, okay, something has to be wrong. Like, maybe they're not scratching below the surface. I think they are. They just happen to be compatible. So we'll see. All right. We move on to Zach and Irina. That (laughs) meeting was disastrous. (laughs) That was disastrous. I mean, they walk up to each other. I don't think there was a run. Usually the sign of good things is when there's a run. There was no kiss. Irina just kept turning her head. And it was just awkward for all of us, including the viewers. <laughs> and I think that Zach comes off as so awkward that I was like, is this his fault? <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, They make it to Mexico. It couldn't be more clear that this girl is not, she tells him straight up, we are not having sex. We are not kissing, save something for later. I'm like, oh. This is really bad. But you know what? He deserves it. If you pick Irina, whatever you get, you are going to deserve because you knew and you made that choice. So you're going to get it. Um, but she, if Irina had, I, with Irina, I was like, I think it's just a real lack of physical attraction. And the eternal question that we have on Married at First Sight, and I think is a legitimate question for Love is Blind. I think Bartisa and Nancy are like the, the case study from last season. Irina was not attracted to the man. She wasn't, but she didn't even try. I'm one of those people who thinks that attraction can grow. But if you really, really liked what they said, that is half the battle. You've gotten to know something about them. You're something in, in, in common. Yeah, I mean, so you have things in common and you connected for a reason. So if you're not physically attracted, like married at first sight, you don't know nothing about this person. So you can just infer anything that you want but with this, you kind of know something and you have some kind of connection. So she didn't even try to be friendly. She just shut it down from jump. But she's also 25. I mean, how are you going to basically say I'm an unkind person and then you show up and you're unkind and this man has the audacity to be surprised? <laughs> exactly. See, he he knew. Someone tells you they're unkind. What else do you need from the horse's mouth? So, I mean, they keep trudging along. He keeps trying. He keeps giving her forehead kisses and I'm just like, ugh. at some point he sets up a date and this man, this man lied through his teeth and tells her that she looks like Megan Fox. The reach. <laughs> the reach. So, yeah. Um, I don't want to see this forehead kisses anymore. I am impressed by Zach's hairlessness on his chest, which apparently is one of the turnoffs that Irina has <laughs> about him. In one of the talks that they have, Zach says, and I don't know if this is some kind of unconscious slip or something. He says, I didn't come here to find a hookup or a hot girl. And I'm like, um, and then he quickly is like, but I ended up with a hot girl. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. She says that she's insecure about her appearance. And I say this all the time. If you're insecure about your appearance, a reality show is not where to go. Because besides the show, the social media, us, we are going to not help your case. So, mm. 
But anyways, Zach starts listing all the red flags that he noticed. And I think he wants a pat on the back because he's like, and I still chose you. And I'm like, okay, you sound stupid. So he does not seem to have the highest self-esteem. And I wonder if he chose, maybe I'm giving this man way too much credit. But I think maybe there's a part of him that thinks he doesn't deserve good things. And that's why he picked Arena. I think this is a, this could be a huge reach. I think based on voices, he thought Irina sounded hotter. Because she said she was Russian? <laughs> I don't know the details. But I think she's at her hotter. And I like going back to what you're saying, like if you're one of those people who maybe you're a late bloomer and you just want to prove like, oh, I can get a hot girl. He just wanted to go that route. So I don't know. Um, He's also really good friends with Paul and they talk a lot. They're another peop- They're another pair that don't look alike, but look alike. <laughs> yes. Those were actually the first pair of people who it took me a little while to realize there were two of them. Cause I was like, wait a second. I've been calling Zach the third budget property brother, but, um, <laughs> um, he tells him, and this line stood out to me. She does a lot of things that she doesn't realize are fucked up. I just, where, where do you go from there? Um, I think they finally have a conversation and they realize that they're not meant to be. Irina, on the other hand, when the couples meet up together, she sees Paul and she's instantly attracted to Paul, which is so weird to me. There's not much of a difference. I mean, yes, there is, but how are you attracted to Paul, but not Zach? I, I, same. I was like, <laughs> how co- they look enough alike that I was also confused. You know they have is? equal amounts of non-swag. It's not like there's something about them that is coming through on camera that you're like, oh, I could totally see that. They're the same. You know what it is? Paul belongs to someone else. That's Irina's type. <laughs> I already got this one. Now I have to do this. If I can fuck shit up, that's my type. That comes with chaos. So, I mean, my perception of Irina is that she's just still suffering from low self-esteem. And she's still young and she hasn't worked through it, so... It's my I also think she treats the process as a little bit of a joke. I think most of life is a little bit of a joke to her. Mm. I don't think she took this this thing very seriously. Mm-hmm. I think she got very much caught up in the winning thing. Yeah. Yeah, because she's the one. Yeah, she made Zach choose, right? As well. I can't remember. Okay. Um... You know, they had a conversation and they just realized that things aren't working and Irina's like, she's not her best self and it's time for them to separate. And I'm actually really surprised. Like, she didn't try to pull... Was it Jessica who tried to still stay in another room? And I'm... Oh, is it Shayna? It was Shayna. It was Shayna. And I'm like, just go home. I was actually impressed that she's just like, you know, let's call it quits and that was it. I, I got the sense that it was the end of the honeymoon. Like they were leaving because she said tomorrow on the plane, let's try to sit apart from each other. So they're already getting on a plane the next day. Okay. Um, my friend has a theory that production pushed Zach to pick Irina. And then just told Bliss that don't worry, he'll be back for you. <laughs> you still get your chance. But they actually meet up. He goes back and then he meets up. I don't know about you, but when Bliss walked in, he didn't seem surprised. Like, oh, that's what you look like. Oh, you're beautiful. But when she walked in, she's like, Zach? But he didn't seem surprised. 
he didn't i don't there's not zach is an odd one he is an <laughs> odd one so it was really hard to read him i thought he might be in shock <laughs> i i couldn't figure out his reaction at all uh, i think you know this whole thing with zach and bliss a lot of people are saying oh they like them together they shouldn't i am not with it i hope she says no at the altar i Nobody deserves to be a second option. It does not work out for anyone when you're the second option. Ask Ayana. Um, he says all these things. He keeps saying, I knew you were the one. That's a lie. You did not pick her. At the end of the day, no matter what he says, you did not pick her. He keeps saying that he followed his gut. I hope he chucks his gut and learns that his gut is not right. But I also need him to show more remorse in how much he fucked up because I don't think he's showing enough remorse. I also dispute the idea that he broke up with Irina. He initiated the conversation to say this is over. But Irina had clearly communicated that she was done with him. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he would have been knocking on Bliss's door if Irina had not been so terrible to him. Yeah. Like, I wonder if she suddenly decided, oh, I want to try. Would he have said, okay, but no, I don't want to try because now I'm sure that I want to be with Bliss. Would you have given it another shot? So everything he says is just moot to me. Um, and Okay. I was shocked, actually, that he and Bliss ever had a second date. I thought that first date would be the end of it. It seemed really awkward. She seemed really disinterested. I was shocked when they're like, oh, Zach and Bliss are going on another date. That and was I was surprised awkward. when she said yes when he proposed. Because I was like, "What? what's... Go- I, I don't see it. You don't seem to like him that much. But everything leading up to the proposal was awkward. She was cold or was he cold or he was uncomfortable. They didn't seem to be vibing. I do not see any chemistry between Bliss and Zach. I don't see it. They connected in the pods. That's great. But I don't see any chemistry. And also, my girl got robbed of a honeymoon. So, no. I don't I don't know. I'm sometimes I see it, sometimes I don't. I actually thought when they went to that apartment together that was like the most I've ever seen them vibing. Hmm. I don't know. When he proposed, I really wish you'd seen my face with his stupid words like he said no matter what I did, we were always going to end up here. What does that mean? Cuz she was going to be waiting. And when they had that conversation in the apartment, like you said, and she was feeling some type of way, like, am I doing the right thing? He was like, it's not like I want to be with Irina, but it doesn't make you a second choice. I'm like, Zach, no matter what the spin is, she's always going to be the second choice. You did not propose to her first. So, sorry. And I don't know how to go back to your family and say, yeah, that's the guy who said no and his back. I am anti-sloppy seconds. I Like you said, Ayana and Jarrett really taught us a lesson there. Um, But yeah, there's there's so much of it this season. Like you literally could not... There's only one couple that doesn't have a sloppy second situation. Just yeah. one. Yeah. So, I mean, good luck to them. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I I'm not a fan. And I am not rooting for Zach and Bliss. And I hope Bliss says no at the altar. I find something oddly attractive about Zach. So I'm just rooting for them because I am. But I don't know. (laughs) I I know I shouldn't be. Let's put it like that. I 
mean, I hope it works. I mean, if he ends up happy, who cares what the journey is? Yay. But mm. we move on to the other mean girl, Micah and Paul. As we said earlier, Micah and Kwame were obsessed with each other. Well, was it one-sided? Kwame was the one obsessed with her. I can't tell where Micah stands. With Kwame, with Paul, I don't know. I don't know where Micah stands on anything. So when the, after, I'm sorry, after they left the pods and they went on the honeymoon, at the honeymoon, they have a group meetup. The dynamics of the group meetup is very, very strange to me. Everybody is way too excited to see each other. (laughs) You just spent two weeks in a pod together, at least the people of the same gender. And then the people of opposite gender, there's a lot of people seeing who they passed over. Yeah. Um, Kwame and Micah have a inappropriate conversation and to me chelsea was not mad enough no that's my other problem with chelsea she's not mad enough either and when i said that i didn't have any problems with kwame it's very interesting i started getting annoyed at him when i started seeing how he would treat chelsea and i didn't like it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but anyway I back to micah sorry yeah, I think seeing Micah exacerbated, like, clearly, if he had seen both of them at a bar, Micah is who he would have walked up to. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He would have walked up to Micah. I, I bet $100 on that. Um, I think that he keeps saying they had a connection. I don't know. I saw more of a connection with Chelsea. Because at some point he was begging Micah to show that she likes him. So what connection was there if you're begging someone to show that they like you and you can't tell if they like you? So there's that. Um, I think it was interesting. When Micah and Paul met at the proposal, again, I couldn't tell. I think the same goes for both. I can't tell if Paul is into Micah or if Micah (laughs) is there or if they're both. We just got to make it work. I don't know. Because Paul makes a comment, like, the girls that he goes for in the past are the granola-type girls. Oh, I see your Mitch thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Micah is not a granola-type girl. So, I don't know. I do. I, I admit Paul saying, like, he does want to have sex. Like, you know, I don't like when they come in and say, oh, I don't want to. Just be honest. Like, you do want to have sex. Um, I think they eventually did have sex, but was it after the honeymoon or not? I can't remember, but I think they were one of the later couples to have sex. She, she was very vague. Something about, we took her relationship to the next level. Do you remember? It's so funny. I can't remember people having sex. I like, I kind of remember who had sex, but I, I couldn't have definitively told you that those two had sex. Yeah. She, they were just saying things about, they took it to the next level, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not sure. Um, when they meet Paul's mom, I thought that was really cute. And back to your theory, what are the odds that he picked someone that looked like his mom? <laughs> someone posted something about his mom looking and acting like Jennifer Coolidge. Um, was like, oh, is that a compliment? I liked his mom, though, so I'll take it as a compliment. It depends who you ask, because I am very vocal about Jennifer Coolidge being annoying to me. So, But I'm in the minority, so that's a whole different talk. So my question for you is, what is this Arizona talk? All of a sudden, I'm hearing things about him moving. And I'm like, again, with the moving, like, this is why we choose cities. She mentioned she's there half the year. Did I miss something? Did you catch that? The only time I heard about Arizona is when they talked about it with in that conversation where we find out that she has a house in Arizona. 
but she spends half of her time in Seattle, but she's a remote worker, so she could really work anywhere. Okay. Or he's a remote worker. Who's a remote worker? I don't remember. No, it has to be her because he's an environmental scientist. But what is she doing that she's half in Arizona, half, like, I don't get it. <laughs> I was very confused and I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, why do you want him to move to Arizona? Like, also, Seattle, Arizona, that's like uh, very different. One for the summer, one for the winter. Okay. Somehow Micah finds out that Irina, her quote unquote best friend, is interested in Paul. Oh, I think Irina did tell her because Irina was like, I had more chemistry with Paul in our five seconds of chatting <laughs> than the entire week with Zach. And Micah's like, huh? <laughs> and then uh, somehow she also finds out that he she was flirting and Paul tells her, because Paul was like, I, I don't want anything to do with her, but now that you mention it, that's why I didn't say anything. Like it was not even the blip on my radar, but she was flirting and touching on me and doing all that. And Micah gets upset which is hilarious seeing as she was doing the same thing to Chelsea's man, Kwame. So what are we doing here? <laughs> so, I mean, they have all that, you know, conversation when they go back, she has a conversation with her. And then she's like, I mean, I thought this was very mature of her actually. And she had valid concerns where she's like, okay, so moving forward, if I'm with Paul, if we're going to be friends, can I trust you to be with my man? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and Irina is like, well, I don't think Paul, I, I like her choice of words. She says, I don't think Paul wants anything to do with me. And it's almost like the right was silent. And then Michael was like, no, he doesn't. And she's like, oh, so I'm like, what a dangerous, dangerous thing. As a sidebar today, Irina came out with an apology saying that she, you know, she is sorry for her actions on there, laughing at people and doing things and all that. I mean, I took that with a grain of salt, but someone was like, oh, this seems genuine and she has it. But someone pointed out that her apology is almost like line for line, the same as Micah, because Micah issued an apology, but hers was written out. And what did Micah apologize for? Being mean. She was mean. She was mean with Irina. They were there laughing and trying to see what Chelsea was saying, telling her to find out and she doesn't care and all that. They were mean in the pods. I guess, look, I know that everybody's real mad at Irina. I know Irina's a chaos agent. She's 26 years old. This is reality television. Any good thing she did was going to be edited out. And then she made enemies of all the people who she was with. I just, it's, to me, it's like not even worth the apology. But that's what the internet does to you. You act like a fool on some stupid reality TV show, and next thing you know, you have to issue an apology. I mean, she doesn't have to. She chose to. So, hey. <laughs> so, anyway, my point was like the comment was someone said, I fear that she might be not a narcissist, not a psychopath, maybe, because she just took word for word what Micah said and is saying, and it's just copying it like, okay, I guess this is what a regular human being would do. So I guess I should do that. So I don't know. <laughs> but there's that. She did apologize and she's working through it. That it's it's like a mirror to herself and recognizing parts of herself. That part I agree with. Like, I mean, we're all saying comments, but we don't know who we are when a camera is on us. Like, we all like to think that we're good people. But the good, bad, and the ugly, you can't hide from a camera. So, you know. There's that. So, um, 
Maika introduces her friends to her best friends, <laughs> Shelby and Michaela. Let's focus on Shelby. It's Shelby's birthday. And this is a part where I started thinking like, okay, Micah does like Paul. Cause she's like, Paul is looking like a snack. But then she says things like, if I present him well enough, <laughs> then maybe they'll like him like I do. I'm like, okay. For, two problems there. First off, you trying to dress him. Second, I have to present my man a certain way for my so-called friends to like him. Mm-hmm. So they go and they start talking this Shelby girl with the wrong shade of makeup and is way too much in her lime green outfit is on there just giving side eyes, making comments. Michaela makes one comment where she says, it's a skill to date Micah. <laughs> and I don't even think I want to know what that means. And then they make another comment. And this is my, this was my problem with it where Paul was talking. They caught him off twice and then Micah is like, oh, did you know he's an environmental scientist? That's why he's so long-winded. He only said one word. He hadn't even said what he had to say. And the friends he are like- He hadn't said one word. He had started an explanation <laughs> that was actually kind of long. But, you know, I'm not an engineer. I have the same problem. I felt so bad for him in that moment, but he did say more than one word. He had started a long-winded explanation. I, I didn't think it was long, but <laughs> So the friend says- Oh, we're not used to that. We're not used to articulate. And I'm like, when you combine that with Reddit saying that she likes dating black guys, I did not find that funny. Oh, see, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I might be reading too much into it. I don't even know if it's true, but I'm just saying when they said that, and they're like, oh, we're not used to that. Like, we're not used to this articulate. I'm like, hmm. I don't know what it that was means. A really, no matter what race the guys that Micah is dating are, um, it's just a rude, nasty thing to say. Yep, it is. Rude. It just might have some undertones of racism on top of the nastiness if it's not bad enough. Yep. So they cut him off, like we mentioned, and he's like, she says something. It was kind of disjointed because she's just like, keep the comments coming. Micah is like, oh, Shelby gets angered easily. Micah seems a little scared of Shelby. And she gives us background that Shelby has ended a lot of her relationships for her and Shelby is like because they're bad people I'm like you the bad person boo that's not your friend Micah you need better ones not your friend and then Paul makes a statement and he's like I don't care and I'm like yes <laughs> you shouldn't care <laughs> and then Micah's face changes and she's like um that's not the angle to take like you should care he's like I'm just saying like I'm not gonna let her little comments I love the, the addition of little little comments <laughs> I'm not gonna take it personally she's like but you should like you should care if she likes you he's like I mean yeah but I'm not going to <laughs> and then Shelby's just looking like huh I see like I think she's filled with glee like yes I'm ending this again so then they say they need to take shots and then Paul is like, I think I'm going to let y'all take this shot. And then he just walks away. And I'm like, good, just take away and go away from that. And then she asked them, how do you feel about it? Michaela is like, we like him. And then she looks at Shelby and she's like, you're not into it. And Shelby's like, no, I'm not. And then Micah seems genuinely shocked. What about her entire buddy language the entire time? Didn't she get that message that she didn't like Paul? I mean, if you have a friend who is basically rude to everybody, I think it stops like clicking for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> we need a healthy relationship. But anyways, we get this weird scene 
where Shelby starts crying and starts saying like she deserves an all out wedding. I'm like, what's better than a free wedding? (laughs) (laughs) And this is not it. This is not him. You deserve the world and you don't want it. Michaela really likes him. She gives a thumbs up and all that. And then Shelby walks away and I'm like, that was such a crappy thing to do as a friend because Michaela also asks, do you really like genuinely love him? And Micah says, I do. Like, I can't believe it. I don't even talk like this. I don't sound like this, but I actually do. So you see your friend happy. What in that moment is, do you think is the time to lay all of that on her? The Felinas of the world cannot help themselves. <laughs> they will come after your happiness talking about, I'm looking out for your well-being because I know better than you. Yeah. And that's what she is. Oh, what a terrible friend. Yeah, he was just terrible. I didn't like it. And Micah seemed genuinely hurt. So I hope Micah, as she gets older, is able to recognize like toxic friends because just in the span of this show, we've seen her gravitate towards questionable people so uh, <laughs> let's work on that so okay that's all i have for them anything else uh, no okay so now so then we go to kwame and chelsea uh, i just can't believe how much chelsea likes kwame <laughs> you know I, I like the way you put that <laughs> first off he kept her on a string with the whole micah thing that wasn't good that was not good. Can I say, though, in the beginning, I was asking, was Chelsea aware of how everything went down with Micah? Because she seemed very oblivious or she just didn't care. I don't know. The, this is the other thing. I don't trust this show 100%. <laughs> so they have chosen to show us that Chelsea and Micah were both in good with Kwame. But we don't know who else Chelsea was talking to in the pods. And we always find out afterwards, like, oh, like, so-and-so spent a lot of time talking to so-and-so. Like, wasn't it like uh, Deep D was talking to that guy she ended up dating after? Kyle. Thank you. So, like, maybe Chelsea wasn't as fussed about it because she was also talking to somebody else. Okay. Okay. I think because... Kwame is not the one who made the choice. Micah made the choice for him. Yes. So I'm just, that seems very second choice. But again, she seemed unfazed. I don't know. I I struggle with what I think about Chelsea. She's very, she seemed great in the pods. She seemed to be a good friend. She seems to be the one that wants to uplift you and is always there for you. But then there's also an element where I'm like, is this low self-esteem? You know how low self-esteem can manifest in being a people pleaser? Mm -hmm. And putting up a nonsense that you shouldn't put up with. (laughs) Exactly. So in some ways I think that, but she also looks like she's not going to put up with Anything? So I I can't tell. I can't figure. We need more episodes to figure Chelsea out. Um, Their meeting seemed great. I mean, if anyone can fake anything, it'll be Kwame. Like I said, everything he says doesn't doesn't come up as authentic. It seems rehearsed. So he seemed to like what he saw. And she seemed to like what she saw. So yay them. I just don't care for them. I don't want them to be together. So... Um, Mexico seemed to go well. I am not surprised that they had sex. Like, if I was a betting person, I would have put them as first. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, 
Um, because Chelsea is so far gone. I don't think there's much he can do to for her to say no. I don't know if it's in the way that they express themselves, but she just seemed... <laughs> because Kwame is inauthentic, and she does seem very genuine, she just seemed more into him than he was to her. Oh, please, say that without a question mark. Facts. Yes, she did. Also, why is Kwame always laughing? What is so funny? Oh, God, this man. <laughs> I can't be judging people for that. I feel like I laugh too much, too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you don't laugh like he does. He's always like, ha, 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 ha. Like, even that. He stood in front of the mirror and was like, ha, ha, this intonation, ha. Ugh. Anyways. Um, do you know what resort they're in in Mexico? No idea. Okay. I look nice. So I was interested. You've kind of touched on the whole conversation with Micah. That was very disrespectful. The whole Micah and Irina thing saying, get me one. And then Micah making a comment. Yeah, she was a mean girl. I'm just remembering her comment, a failed proposal. Like what mind games were they playing? I thought it was so disrespectful. So uncalled for, especially when Chelsea did nothing to you. So I'm kind of glad that Kwame said, no, I'm not getting you shots. And just so I was like, okay, I'll give him, I'll give him a point for that. Then they had that disrespectful conversation that took too long. They were too close and they were laughing too much. And it's just like, when you agree to be engaged and you are fiance or fiance, there's no, closure is not real. <laughs> it's not, it's a thing you make up because you just want to talk to the person. And we clearly see that Kwame is not over Micah. Uh, hmm. Is Kwame over Micah? The problem, the problem with being such a disingenuous person is that I don't know if Kwame even likes them or if he's just addicted. He enjoys the idea of someone being into him. Mm, I agreed. I think so. But then Micah is playing into it because I didn't understand also. And this is the thing this season suffers from. They all make these grand declarations but then they choose someone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean by this? And then this whole time, I'm like, where is Paul? <laughs> I didn't know where Paul was throughout the whole thing. But when they go the, back to their... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. The sloppy seconds are a little bit less obvious this season because at the end of the day, Micah dumped Kwame. <laughs> <laughs> so who made that choice? Because Kwame, and the same way that Irina kind of dumped Zach... Who made that choice? Yeah. So did Kwame really pick Chelsea or was Chelsea his only choice? Yeah, that's what I mean. Where I'm just like, didn't have a choice. Like you just picked because he would have, I think he would have gone with Micah. So I don't, I don't know. This is, yeah. But the conversation that they had when they go back to the hotel room was very reminiscent of the one Bartiz had with Nancy after he spoke with Raven and Raven shut him down. Like, I just feel like Kwame was such an asshole just bringing it up with Chelsea and saying it over and over and saying, I needed that. I wanted to have it. And I don't care if you talk in a tone that's calm and low, doesn't mean like you're not rallying the other person up. Like it was just unnecessary what he was doing to Chelsea. But and this was the beginning of me not liking Kwame. <laughs> 
Oh, I was proud of Chelsea for challenging him, though, because she was just like, what are you doing? I will point out, though, that somehow during the conversation, um, Jacqueline and Tiffany were talking to her and telling her, don't worry about it. Don't say anything. But then then they tell her, go shut down the conversation. I'm like, is that good advice? I don't know. (laughs) And then they did that thing that I didn't think was cool. Talking of mean girl behavior. Um, Didn't they then turn around and laugh with was it Irina or Micah about how they say that um, if Micah had wanted Kwame, she could have him after, before they were saying to Chelsea to go confront him. I, I, it, it was, it was rude. It was very two faced. Yeah. Very two faced because Hey, how you go to um, Micah and say like, she don't want your man. Cause if she did, she would have him. That's not nice. So yeah. So um, they go back to town and they're talking about things they visit his apartment his apartment is a hot mess a hot hot mess but chelsea is very charmed and is okay with it at some point there is lotion and a washcloth not far from each other infer what you want out of that chelsea is too chill (laughs) it's just like you always say you know a camera is coming Give someone your key, get a cleaning crew. I just, why would you even want the world to see you at your worst? (laughs) So No home training. That's all I'll say about that. None. And the poor girl had to drive. It's like, what, two, three hours out? Because he's in Portland. Yes, I've driven from Portland to Seattle twice now, actually. And back again. It's a solid three-hour drive. Um, They talk about what they are worried about moving in together when they're at her apartment and my god i could have done without knowing this but kwame asked chelsea like please don't forget to flush when you pee oh what this reminded me of i'm sorry guys but i always think back because everything repeats itself nancy talking about the toilet situation last year like Mm -hmm. there's just no reason for this but i'll notice that this time it was kwame bringing this up and embarrassing chelsea and that was not cool but it's even not more not cool of her to not flush a damn toilet. <laughs> I didn't hold it against him because that is something, because she asked, she says, is there anything that worries you? And that is a valid worry. Like, I can't be flushing after you every time I go, I see that there's pee in there. And if there's a woman, there's toilet, hopefully, toilet paper also. So yeah, just flush. I forget what her reason was. She didn't want to wake him up in the middle of the night. And he's like, wake me up. <laughs> just for me, flush that toilet. <laughs> My the one thing that was very interesting was they had a drink in her apartment without the golden goblets. They actually had a drink with glasses. And I'm like, what happened? Who messed up? <laughs> Who's the intern that got fired? So they're meeting Chelsea's dad. And I was just kind of annoyed at the whole buildup. She was so nervous. He was so nervous. He's all like, Do you trust me? Do you trust me to be a representative? Everything is a sermon with Kwame. So I don't know. But it's all for nothing because their dad is like, oh, I'm so happy. It was nothing like the image that she had built up. So I don't know if that's a production thing, but he was happy for them. I didn't enjoy the way Kwame spoke to Chelsea before the meeting with the dad. I thought Mm. it was, I thought it was introducing a lot of unnecessary drama and like blame somehow on her. Mm -hmm. Like if your dad shows up and is not nice to me. 
if Kwame has bad experiences with parents, then go ahead and talk about it. But that's not Chelsea's fault. Also, the nerve when you didn't even tell your parents that you were doing this. So yeah, Kwame all of a sudden, seeing how much... I think the way Chelsea is into him is a turnoff for him because all of a sudden, Kwame has all these things that he can or can't do. He feels like he's a saint because he's the one who has to give up his apartment and move to Seattle. He mentioned something about his soccer group. (laughs) Find another one, buddy. Um... Then he has this whole cockamie story about how his mom doesn't know about it and that he hasn't been able to reach his mom. And then we see a scene of him calling his alleged mom. I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this man did not call his mother. Who do you think he called? I don't know. A friend, somebody. Have you, you know what it is if you speak to an African mom, you're not able to get a word in. The way he was talking, very calmly, very, mm-mm. I don't think he was talking to his mother at all. But we don't know that his mom is African. <laughs> Why don't we know that? His mom could be American. Why? Because we don't know. We heard his full name. He has a full Ghanaian name. That could be just his dad. We don't know anything about his mom or his dad. Okay. I think. As a sidebar, the people of the internet always find things. And we find that Kwame was uh, auditioned for Married at First Sight DC season. And... He actually got matched up, but his bride dropped out at the last minute. So the kinetic casting said, we'll keep you on ice for something else. I don't know how true that is because that was many years ago. So they kept him on ice for that long. I mean, they filmed like what? (laughs) You say many years ago and I'm like, was it though? Was it four or five years ago? So DC was season 10. Okay. So that was like two seasons a year. We're on season 16. (laughs) Yeah, so that was like three, four years ago. Because I mean, when yeah. they film, I'm thinking when they film, not when they air. That's true. Okay. So anyway, sorry, three, I should not have ago. brought this up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Trying to so, do the math. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. So, I mean, this is a man that I, I guess has been wanting to be married or has been wanting to be famous. I don't know. Either or. He was there. So meaning that he used to live in D.C.? So, I don't know. Top of everything else, he's a DC guy. Hmm. So, there's something about the hairstyle. He has Bartiz's hairstyle. I think Kinetic should say, if you have this hairstyle, don't come on this show. Or maybe for them, they're like, this is an indicator that we're going to get good TV if you have this hairstyle. I did not love his one-sided conversation with his mom, clearly, or whoever you think that was. (laughs) (laughs) They did sign a release. It, he, it felt like he was blaming Chelsea for something. And I'm like, you're the one who didn't tell your mom anything. Yeah. Chelsea's just sitting here being supportive. Yeah. he was, And also the way he held his phone, I guess his mom or whoever it was didn't sign a release. It looked like he was talking on speaker, but we weren't hearing anything. And Chelsea seemed like within distance. It's not a huge apartment. So she can hear anything that's being said. So who knows? But I did see the phone at one point and it definitely was on a phone call. Like Tane yes. said, Tane isn't sure who was on the other side, <laughs> but there was an actual phone call taking place. I just, you know how we say, don't get on the show if you're not ready or whatever. Don't get on the show if you know that your parents are not on board with it. It's not fair to the other person because there's just this tradition, like, especially if you have a parent that is traditional. Again, we don't know if he's fully Guinean. I think he is. 
But if there's tradition, there's a way that you introduce your partner that is important. And it's not fair to the other person to bring them in at a disadvantage. It's just hard to cross that cross over that hump. So you should have thought about all of that. And like I said, I just feel like he's coming up with excuses because then the next thing they're talking about is kids. And I'm like, I'm sorry. With all the deep connection, y'all didn't talk about kids at all. <laughs> like, this is such a weird conversation for a show that's based on you talking for 10 days. Because he says he wants them to travel. He doesn't want to have to wait. And Chelsea's like, "Uh, I want to have kids. Like, at 30, I thought I would have, like, three. And I'm just like, is it ever going to happen for me? And he's like, he's happy being a dog dad. So... I don't, I don't know what other thing he's going to come up with, but in the previews, we see her say, would you still move on if you don't have your mom's approval? So why, why do this if you don't have your parents' approval and it's important to you? The tone of the kids' conversation. That's in the, I do not like this man. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like, it just felt disrespectful. Yes. And like uncaring. And like you said, a little luxury. Because he's looking for an out. This is what it feels like watching them. Chelsea's doing a lot of work, a lot of placating, a lot of managing Kwame's feelings. What is Kwame doing? Berate, not berating her, but finding her flaws and just picking out and telling us how much Micah means to him. So. Our final couple is Marshall and Jacqueline. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is a lot of chaos. (laughs) The first thing they say when they meet or Jacqueline says is, well, physically, he's not my type. (laughs) And I mean, but it goes well and all that. I think Marshall and Jacqueline is a case of hoping that Jacqueline knows what she needs versus what she wants. But um, Mexico seems to be going okay. I feel like she was still conflicted. But her face when Marshall suggested waiting till after marriage for sex, I laughed so hard because she's like why <laughs> like why would you like what is that like what language did you speak <laughs> I, I was just generally literally from the first moment she appeared on screen annoyed by Jacqueline but in that moment I was just like laughing so hard <laughs> <laughs> it was funny I mean there's nothing wrong with it but it was just the way she sounded like it was like the weirdest thing that he suggested. And he's like, hey, I was just saying, I didn't say it was a hard, fast rule. I was just, you know, making a suggestion. But I see them kissing in the bathtub. And I'm not going to lie. Even after that, I wondered if it was a virgin. He doesn't know how to kiss. <laughs> so, I mean, I shouldn't say that. This is why the Kirstens say they don't know how to kiss. But I'm just like, what are you doing in here? But Marshall does seem intense. Um, he did tell us, you know, in the pods, like, you know, he's full of emotions. I think that's a good trait to have. I don't think that's anything to fault, but for someone like Jacqueline, I don't know if she's equipped to know what to do with that. She, she's a drama queen. She is. She is. I don't think she knows. Again, she's 20, what? Six. There's just a lot of uh, emotional outbursts and they always seem to be non sequiturs. Like you don't know where it's coming from. from. Yeah. And it started in the pods really. Mm, yeah, when she was crying and all that. But I mean, I think she had a breakdown. She just said she needed a minute and she's just going from room to room and she's crying. I think he was being sweet. For someone that you don't know, you don't know what they need. If you're the person who needs reassurance, if you need me to leave you alone. And it's a lot for someone who's just trying to enjoy their honeymoon. But I think he uh, he did well. 
um, later on, she issued a statement explaining that it's been a while that she's been far from her family. She's the one who is the point person for everything in her family. Her dad had cancer. She had to, again, I don't know if any of these things are true. It's just things that they said. Um, that she had to fly back and forth, I guess, during the weekend to see her dad. And she was just thinking about that and all that pressure. And it became too much for her. And it was overwhelming. So. See, this is the problem when they don't show us stuff. To us, we just are like, why is this one crying all the time? Then you hear that and you're like, of course. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. But then here's my thing. If you have all of this, why would you come on a show that's going to require that much time because without going into detail aid we've been in a situation where somebody like you've been told how much time is required of you so you know can i give this or can i not right i yeah i mean i don't understand like you i'm confused but you know jasmine is in the same situation i'm married at first sight we just don't see her having we don't see it affecting the storyline so we think it's okay as far as our eyes can see. But with her, it clearly, she's having reactions to things that we can't see. And so the story doesn't make any sense. And that's probably part of the reason why I'm not that interested in Jacqueline and Marshall. I'm just confused. I think part of it also is she's conflicted about Marshall. I don't think she's dated anyone like him and she doesn't know what to do with it. If it was someone that she was really, truly 100% into I don't know if she'll have the same reaction. We don't know. But like you said, she stresses me out. Like, I just feel like know yourself because like you said, they're back in Seattle and she's having yet another meltdown. And she's saying like, I don't know. My family's not in support of this and they're not going to be 100% supportive. And I don't know if I can do it without their support. If you know that that's important, why? Again, would you do this? Like sort yourself out. Here is not the place to sort out all of that because someone else is involved. I always think it's unfair when you drag someone else into your drama. Uh, I, the opportunity to be on a big Netflix show, I guess is just too much for some people to pass by. <laughs> I mean, I think she does need to work out being independent of her family. She did mention, I can't keep giving myself to my family and I have to be independent. So maybe that's part of it, but it's not fair to us. Yes, because it's about us. But we do see some maths behavior spilling over because they have a huge fight. And we see that Marshall has been in his apartment and he comes over with his suitcase and she's packing her stuff. And she's like, I don't want to be here because you didn't want to talk about it. And he's like, why would I stay when you said I wasn't man enough? And then she's like, I didn't say you were man enough. I just said you needed to be aggressive. And I was like, wow, we are having a conversation about a woman complaining that she wants her man to be aggressive. But then the minute he starts clapping, like, what do you want from me? She's like, I know you're not clapping at me. He's like, is this not aggressive? So <laughs> the immaturity is peaking. Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't know how you yell at someone to be more aggressive. Um, so when I'm avoiding spoilers in a like a landmine, I saw one line. And I jumped off when she says, we're not having sex, bro. This person who had, <laughs> why are you laughing? This person who has the spoilers before I jumped out, all I saw was that Marshall found herpes medication in Jacqueline's luggage. And that's the line I saw. And then I jumped out. <laughs> Don't laugh, Aid. 
because I'm like, is that even true? These people, I do not trust them. I do not trust the stories. Once things start happening on a show, suddenly everybody wants to defend their reputation. I don't trust Marshall. I don't really trust Jacqueline. So I'm like, it is kind of, this better be true because it is really wrong to put out some STD shaming on someone, whether they had it or not, actually. If the comments that I saw on that was people saying like, based on everything else that's on there, they were like, okay, the way it's set up that it has to be true. And then some people go searching for stuff and it cross checks. I don't know. I'm just curious to see what, I mean, I don't, even in a reunion, I don't think that is going to be touched on, but that was the line I saw. And to your point where I'm like, if they already had sex before, because they had this scene where, and I feel like we have this every season where the ladies want to show how much sex they're having in Mexico because they're comparing themselves to the, to, to the others. And I think Jacqueline was like, oh, I'm so sore. Like my vagina hurts. And then the other one was like, oh, we went how many times? And I think last season they did the same thing. And I'm just like, if you're happy, just be happy. You don't need to prove it to anybody. So you know. The little secret smile will make everybody much more jealous than a, a play-by-play. <laughs> so anyways, my point is, if they were having sex and suddenly they stopped because he saw I don't want to laugh, but you know, the internet, anything could be true, but that's what I saw. And we don't know if it's true. We'll find out. But the part that had my jaw dropping was when Marshall was like, I see you as a project and I saw potential. I said, no. (laughs) Oh man. And then you gave her a leg to stand on because Jacqueline is like, wow. So that's how you see me. And then he's like, no. And then he doubled down and said it again. I just feel like that that line was actually really telling because there is an element of like Jacqueline from my perspective doesn't seem like a whole person. No. You're right. There's a lot to unpack there. And I think he shed light. I don't think I knew, maybe I missed it, that she'd never been in a relationship and maybe she's been in a cycle of situationships that are unhealthy. And also Marshall is a Captain Save-A-Hole. Marshall is the kind who... (laughs) I'm not saying she's a hoe, guys. It's just the terminology. <laughs> like, there, there, there's a type of man. There's a type of man. Yes, and they're real annoying. Yes. He's a savior complex. He's the kind who fancies himself a nice guy. I do this. So why wouldn't you like me back? Because I do this. So that is not a good mix. These two, as much as they look good together, maybe 10 years down the line, when they've matured, they know who they are, they have tools, maybe they'll work out. But for right now, that is a combustion waiting to happen. So, but what do we know? Look at the couples that stay together. <laughs> Love is blind. <laughs> Barnett that we don't remember is still together. And the couple from, no, that was ultimatum. Sorry. Yeah. So who knows? But um, they worked through it and she hugged him and she says, you know, be patient with me or something like that. I don't know. But they hugged through it and they worked through it and... I don't think they should be together. I think they look cute together. It would be nice if they work through, but I don't think now is the time. No. Yeah. So finally, it's just a wrap up of they all meet. It has to be someone's birthday on Love is Blind and it's Chelsea's birthday. And she gives props to everything Kwame does. He wore pink on her birthday and she gives him props for that. Oh, wow. And I don't know, because there's not enough drama. The producers let Josh, who was the other person in the triangle with Jacqueline and Marshall. First of all, Marshall came by himself. Not a good sign. And I feel 
like the fight happened. No, the party happened before the fight. Okay. I feel like this was when he was living in his apartment and they just kind of changed the order that it happened. Because what we saw, they made up. So why would they come separately? And when he was telling Brett about the fight and just saying like, she wants me to be more aggressive, which I thought was a whole different fight. Uh, What did you think it was? He's told Brett that she wants me to be more aggressive in the bedroom. But I thought she was saying, I just want you to initiate sex, not be more aggressive in the bedroom. But I mean, I guess. I think those are the same thing. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, yeah, Josh comes in. Josh is being obnoxious. I don't know that we knew how obnoxious Josh was in the house. (laughs) No, we did not. (laughs) If everyone hates him, including Kwame, (laughs) (laughs) that's bad. (laughs) So they all hate him pretty much. And they're all like, we don't like this guy. And I don't know if he was drunk. I hope he was drunk because that makes his case better. But he was very, very obnoxious, very loud. There was a weird situation where he went up to Marshall and was saying things that were weird. Like, I'm Mr. Steal Your Girl. And don't look at me like that bitch. And I'm like, why is he being antagonistic? What is going on? I feel like he was given very specific instructions from the producers to go and start some shit. And he wandered all around and no one wanted to engage in starting <laughs> some shit. <laughs> yeah. Because even when Brett was talking to him, Brett was like, can I get out of here? Have I fulfilled my five minutes? I'm done. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he and Amber, I guess, was the only one. But I guess nothing really popped up with Amber because we didn't really get a reaction from Paul. At this point, I just felt like, have we always done this on Love is Blind? Like, yeah, there's a meetup. Everybody comes. Now they're picking specific people to see if they can start some drama. Yeah. So that whatever decision people's made, are always in doubt and there's always like side people to like mess with it. So I don't really enjoy that. I'm like, they picked who they wanted in the pods. Let them move on. Yeah. And it's just weird. Like, even if you're going to bring back like maybe a bunch of people, but to just specifically bring back Amber and Josh, that's lazy. Um, as a sidebar, before we continue on that, this is where Kwame continues to be very disrespectful and he pulls Micah aside. Micah's asking how he's doing. He's talking about being a dog dad and then he asked her if you feel like you made the right choice. And I'm glad Micah asked, like, why are you asking this question at this point? Are you doubting your choice? <laughs> and he smiles. And I'm like, what a disrespectful motherfucker. Yes, that's the only other way to describe him. I really can't <laughs> stand him. Really can't stand him. I actually felt bad for not standing him because I couldn't really put my finger on why. It's just something about him. Something about him. So disingenuous. Mm -hmm. So Josh continues his antagonistic tour and goes to talk to Jacqueline because she comes in separately and she looks good, but apparently it's cold and Marshall forces his coat on her. She doesn't want it. She says it's ruined (laughs) the outfit. Listen to the woman, but no, Mr. Nice Guy, you have to wear it. Just go ahead. Just get it. And then she gets it. And then they start talking and Josh is saying how he's Mr. NBA Cryboy. I'll be damned if I let anybody talk about my man to me. She did not say anything. 
she just let him keep going. And I just thought that's not a good sign. But that's why I also think that was during the fight. Um, okay. You can say it. I just... I'm not mad at Jacqueline for her interaction with him because it felt like she wasn't really willing to entertain him. Oh, I think she did. She needs to go to Raven for shutdown class. Okay. <laughs> like that's the point where you, even if you're not, you stand by your man and then go fight your things in in, 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 in the back. Um, again, I don't know if he was drunk, but he just kept going on. But then I, I see what you're saying because she called him out to say like, you didn't show me that you cared because she was like, so you genuinely cared about me in the pods? I'm like, as opposed to what? Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But he's like, yeah, we did. And he's like, oh, we had a connection. But she's like, you didn't show me that. So this is the toxicity, the toxicity that she's used to. So I don't know if she's going to be swayed. But um, he just kept saying, if you know that you're not going to get married to him, why don't we just be together? And I think they left it at that cliffhanger, but I just wouldn't have talked to Josh that long. Like, if you look at a person, I love when Marshall told him that if you can't steal my girl, then you deserve to have her. It's true. Because, like, I'm here, you're there. What was it Bethany said? No, Ben Simone, sorry. I'm up here and you're down there. (laughs) You're down there. So... I was surprised that he was so cool about it, though. From the way he was in the pods, maybe he's out of the vortex or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought he would be more, um, like, mad about Reactive. it. But he was just like, whatever. Yeah, I think when you're really dealing with the bottom barrel, you're just like, it's not worth it. I'm not going to get into anything. Because I think that's what Josh was trying to do, was to get a rise out of him. But, I mean, that's pretty much how it ends. And I think the next episodes, we get weddings, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's a couple more episodes. Yeah, and I think some of the episodes should have weddings, at least one. Yes. Because we have two more sets. One on Friday and then next Friday, right? I yeah. think next Friday should be, I'm hoping it's the reunion. Yeah. So, so this, this Friday should be weddings and next Friday will be reunion. Is that right? That's what I'm thinking. So a couple of episodes and then weddings and then we'll find out. Yeah. I think it's and four we episodes haven't... this week. We haven't quite figured out exactly how we'll cover them, but we will let you know as soon as we do. Yes. But either way, all episodes will be covered. But safe to say that Kinetic has another season as a hit on their hands because everyone is talking about Love is Blind. (laughs) Everyone. That's why I feel bad for the arenas of the world, even though I know I shouldn't. I'm just like, I mean, she'll be all right. I was trying to remember the name of the cuties girl and Zen Zeneb. I mean, we're not really talking about Zeneb. No, we are not. We're not. So that, she'll be fine. That's a good point. That's a great point, actually. She'll be fine. There's enough content. Netflix has enough bad. There's a Duolingo dating show coming out. There's enough. She'll be it, okay. It's funny how it's like. Love is Blind is definitely a flash in the pan type show. Like we all talk about it. We all watch it. And then you're right. No one. The only person who has staying power sort of is Lauren Mm -hmm. and Cameron by extension of Lauren. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody else who's, who's still married on this show. No one cares about. Mm -hmm. Are you of the school of thought that Lauren and Cameron should take over for Nick and Vanessa? I mean, it's not like it's a difficult job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I, 
I'm fine with if, if it happened, I'd be fine with it. I forget Nick and Vanessa are there 90% of the time. So it makes no difference to me. Yeah. What do you I, think? Um, I'm fine with them being on there. The only thing I was thinking of was in the reunion, if they would go hard, but I can't not say that Vanessa doesn't go hard. She does go hard. That's my only thing is I need people to go hard because I know for sure that Lauren will go hard at the reunion. <sighs> So unless they gave Vanessa notes and she's like, because I think as an actress, she still needs to protect her image in some way. That would be my only thing. But other than that, I'm fine with them. But I just want someone to go hard at the reunions. That's all. Oh, so last season, Lauren was like, they, they, the producers push certain couples and they've elected to not push the black girls. And I want to see a change to that. Lo and behold, this season, which was probably shot before she tweeted that. <laughs> we got plenty of black girls so i mean i hear what she's saying and i'm always like pro diversity but i don't think that i necessarily agreed with lauren's comment because i'm always of the case again for diversity but i think where it makes sense if we just didn't have a couple that didn't work I mean, trust me, I know about Netflix. We all watch Perfect Match. We know how they're always pushing into the background. But if it just happened that it didn't work, I'd rather we didn't have it on than to have something just forced just so they can say, oh, we have a black couple. And then it's just a case of they suffer for it. It's kind of like how you add a housewife and you're just like, oh, we want diversity. And you add just one um, minority on there. And then it's not necessarily what it should be. I just don't want it to be a forced situation. Like this I, season, it happened to work and we have like couples that are generally into each other and we have black couples. Like it worked. It was organic and it happened. I just don't want a case where we're checking boxes. Definitely. But I guess the thing is, if you're going to be pushing people and I don't think their pushing is exclusive to like particular couples. I think the producers are doing a hell of a lot in the background to push certain outcomes. Go ahead and push okay. for everybody to suffer equally. <laughs> Um, and if that okay. means, yeah, yes. So, maybe, <laughs> so, so and if, if we I also... misunderstood and she means like there are couples in the background, because sometimes from what we find out, there are couples that they've matched, but they just don't go to Mexico. I wonder how they choose that. And they're saying, no, we're not going to choose that. Oh yeah. Then definitely I support that. I support what she's saying. And I think that's what if she was that's saying. What she means. Oh, okay. So if that's what she means, like, if there's eight couples. And some of them feature black women. Why are you picking, not picking the black couples, I think is what she was saying. Forget everything I said. Then yes, I agree with what she said. I thought she meant pushing them together to be together. And then, yeah, okay. I just didn't want them to be set up for failure just so they get that. It's interesting. Um, I think you would ask this. Something about Love is Blind that I think we've known since the first season is, like, they show one couple getting engaged usually in the first episode, and we get the feeling like they were first or something. But you can notice when you, like there's the whole group of people and you see them during the pod process. But when people come back to being engaged, there's a much smaller group and it includes everybody who ends up going on the honeymoon. But there's a couple mm -hmm. extras in there. And I think those are the people who didn't get picked to go on the honeymoon. Mm. I think there's yeah, probably I... about eight engagements a season and then they pick five to go on the honeymoon. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I think my question was after you reveal do you still stay in the house or do you leave the house and I think you said they do all the reveals the same day 
if not the same day, I bet within the same two days. They just do them all at once. Yeah, because... And they're not staying in the house anyway. They're staying in hotels. Yeah, but, I mean, there'll be no need to go back to the pods, is what I'm saying. So my question was, I saw um, Brett and Tiffany get engaged and someone else get engaged, but when they come back, Tiffany's still there welcoming them or Brett is still there welcoming them. And I'm like, what are they coming to the pods for? They're done. Just do the celebration. <laughs> they, they, they look lived in. They're not like dressed. So they just came by to say, yay, and then they leave. That's an interesting question. I, I'm not sure. I just know they're all there at the same time and everything's happening at the same time. I wouldn't be surprised if all the engagements are done in one day, but I think it can't be more than two days because they all happen at the same time. Well, that's funny. Was it Kay Casey who was having a producer? That would have been a good question to ask. But yeah. Well, I think this has been a long one, but it's been a fun one. So hope you guys enjoyed it. And we will see you on the regular maps episode on Friday. And we will see you next time for our next batch of Love is Blind. Bye, guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.